Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Dawn of X podcast, the podcast where we talk about the best books in the X-Men line. I am your host, Nick, and peace was never an option. Peace was never an option. I'm Josh. We're here. We're talking X-Men. We're only talking the best X-Men. And that's it. That's it. That's all you guys need to know about this podcast. It's all X-Men all the time, baby. All, what is it? All pedal, no no brakes or whatever? Let's do it. Unless it's Spider-Man in a few weeks if we cover well, Dark uh, We'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> What's going um, on over so, there? So there's actually a little bit of X-Men related news. These are potential spoilers, but they also might just be the future plot of movies. Oh. So basically, we're talking Captain we're talking- America 4. Oh. and or one depending how you look at it right. oh. and we're talking oh. <laughs> daredevil or not daredevil deadpool 3 oh. okay. so if you don't want anything spoiled or potentially just the plot at all skip ahead a little bit but real quick when it comes to captain america 4 the first one that's just sam wilson which apparently bucky's not going to be in at all it's just going to be sam wilson's journey which is great i think that's good the I main villain the is the president who is Thunderbolt Ross, played by uh, Harrison Ford? Oh wow, I didn't know that. That's cool. You didn't know that? Mm-mm. Yeah, he's he's changing because the William William Hurt died. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So uh, Harrison Ford's gonna play the character now, which is awesome, and he's gonna be president. So apparently, the premise, the the main reason behind this feud is because in Eternals, they froze a celestial being. Well, apparently the metal he's made out of is antimantium. The celestial? Yes. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. The island he froze on is allegedly going to be called Genosha Hmm. or Savage Land or Krakoa. There's no official word, but they know it's going to be one of those three mutant related islands. Who is they? Where are you getting this? The insiders. The insiders, the same people you were talking shit about not too long ago. Yeah. Okay. All right. Just checking. Just checking. checking. Sounds about right. So that's the rumor for Captain America. Let me ask you one question. Go for it. Which island would you prefer it to be? I know my answer. I think because it's being used as a resource, Genosha. Mm. And I think because it's being used as a resource and it was cold, it should be Savage Land. If they have like a weird pocket of it that has dinosaurs and shit, then yeah, yeah. Well, I mean that's that is what the the Savage Land is in Antarctica. That's true. No, that is true. Yeah, yeah, that would be interesting. Like if the I would... bean being like the energy coming out of the bean is making other stuff happen in the area. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. I mean, dude, if we get the Savage Land in a fucking movie. <laughs> I am going to lose my mind. I'm going to be yeah. like, what the fuck are, is happening? We've gone, we've gone so far. We've gone from like just your cookie cutter. Like here's a Batman movie. Here's a Sp- Superman movie. Spider, like just to the fucking savage land. <laughs> like, it's insane. I, I reached that point when I watched multiverse of madness, because we yeah, used right? to be at a point where we could barely handle a man in an iron suit and make it believable and fun for the audience. Now we're traveling the multiverse. We're bumping into the Illuminati. Black Bolt's back. We have John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic for five seconds. Like, you get all this stuff. They reference stuff in the comics that just happened and that made my day. Like, we're just there. It's crazy how far we've come in 
I, I'd say what, fifteen years of like real golden age of superhero movies. Yeah, no, it, around it, it's, fifteen. It's years. wild. It, it and I, I, I love it, and I'm excited. And yeah, I think there's like a lot of, or at least what I'm seeing, there is starting to be a little bit of backlash toward just the sheer volume of like Marvel things yes. coming out. So like, I like that their response to that is, all right, fine, we'll just get crazier. <laughs> Well, you, mo- you motherfuckers people- thought it was bad before. You thought WandaVision was bad. Here's the fucking Savage Land, man. How you feel yeah. about that? Here's the multiverse of madness. <laughs> like, well, it got to the point where like you can have Twitter hating it, but if it's still made a billion dollars, I guess someone's watching it. Uh, yeah, the haters That's what are comes watching down to. it too. You know, like whether you hate it or you love it, your money's still green, Blair. You know, what like I mean? you can say, "Oh, they're revamping DC." Black Adam didn't do well, even though The Rock is the biggest movie star in the world, because the movie sucked and it legitimately sucked, and people didn't want to watch it. But when you have eighty billion people complaining that the CG in one scene of whatever Marvel movie wasn't good, yeah, but the movie still made a billion, so I guess they don't care. Like until they see a financial reason to change, they're not going to. The the last Thor movie from all accounts was a flop, right? Like, yes. I, I don't know how much money it made. I'm sure it made a, a pretty penny, but like it, it, it was a flop critically. Yeah. I, I personally didn't even like it. And I fucking love the, 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 the other Thor the Ragnarok that fucking flew out of my head. Thor Ragnarok is like my favorite fucking superhero movie of all time. And even I was like, wow, this movie is a uh, kind of hot garbage. But yeah. you know damn well there's going to be a fucking Thor 5. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, even put it this way, the um, Multiverse of Madness did like three times better than the first Doctor Strange did. It's wild. Like something crazy. Like it made like huge money back. And then Black Panther, like it didn't shatter the box office, but it also still made a crap ton of money. God, I still haven't seen that one. When's that coming to Disney Plus? It should be soon. I think... I think a big reason that one wasn't like the huge global impact as the first one is simply because it's for anyone who hasn't seen it yet, it's a very sad movie. Like it's it, a great movie, but it's sad. Yeah. <laughs> like it just and is. It has an incredibly long runtime too. And I wonder it's if pretty that long, hurt, yeah. I wonder if that hurt it some because like what 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 fucking as somebody who's taken children to the movies before, in absolutely no world would i want to sit through a fucking three-hour movie in the movie theater with like a kid you know what i mean like you can't can't, i just depends because for example the batman is a pretty long movie that came out this year you're not taking kids to like that's not like that's the thing like you're not trying to take kids to the batman yeah but black panther was black panther had like mcdonald's toys like black panther was like marketed to families and kids though you know but oh actually that reminds me i'm gonna tweet i'm gonna say something right now you're gonna tell me something Lies on the air. This is this yeah. is happening right now, folks. I don't know what he's so. Doing I think because I was thinking earlier today, actually, like what was my favorite superhero movie? Wakanda Forever is a better film, but I had more fun watching Multiverse of Madness. Like you're you know what about I mean? Your favorite superhero movie of this year, or like all yeah, time? this year? Okay. Like I was I was comparing them and thinking about them, and then I went like as a film, Wakanda Forever is the best one as a film. But like as a fun time watching a superhero movie, what? it was easily Multiverse of Madness and the Batman. Yeah. Oh my God. So listeners, <laughs> Nick just sent me via a technology called text message. 
sent me a 12 volt electronic uh, <laughs> fucking Batmobile from the Batman movie with two little kids sitting in it <laughs> about to <laughs> blow up the fucking penguin probably it does is like, that I like literally a saw trap that today. door is that like a little oh my god they there's a little it includes an RC Batman motorcycle that drops out of the back of this goddamn thing. I didn't even notice that's pretty cool Holy shit. This is I in- literally saw that today and thought of you. I'm like, that's just ironic. <laughs> that is insane. In no world should this exist. No. What is the kid imagining? That he's hunting down the murderer who, of his friend who was a prostitute? Like <laughs> he's gonna avenge the death of his parent. Like, look, those two little orphans are just having a great time in that bag. <laughs> Jesus Please stop Christ. the incel guy before he goes crazy. Oh my lord. God. Fellow yeah, kids. I, from from 2022 well i didn't it's not fair because i didn't see all the superhero movies as we've already yeah. established um but i think the batman would probably be my favorite Mul- multiverse of madness is, is definitely up there as well yeah um and also just for like general media i've been catching up on a lot of movies lately and you know i love nope and yeah. you got me that for I my birthday that. or christmas christmas? Was christmas christmas yes you got me that was- and you got me the art of x-men the animated series yeah yeah let me know how that one is it looks like it's got a lot of like cool fun facts in it too yeah and um when i look at movies in general nope was fantastic we just watched everything everywhere all at once finally and the hype is well deserved it's fantastic and emotional um when it comes we like horror movies in my household and if anyone's looking for just weird good horror movies uh barbarian is on HBO Max and it's absolutely fantastic. And which one fresh. is Barbarian again? Barbarians, uh, the one with Alexander. Is it no, not Alexander? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yep, yep. I remember the that. other brother. Yeah. Um, perfectly casted. I'm just gonna say that perfectly casted. Um, and a him and another woman double book an Airbnb. And yeah, then weird okay. things happen. Okay, it was the Airbnb one. Okay. And that's literally isn't there also a movie called like Barbarians that came out too? Yeah, there's another one, Barbarians. Yes, yeah. there's a. Yeah, that one's okay. It's just a random thing. I don't know. It's yeah. not, it wasn't bad, but also it was nothing. Yeah, it was just weird but, that like both of them are. Yeah, it's weird. But on HBO Max, Barbarian, absolutely fantastic. And also, I still think about this movie. It's on Hulu. It's called Fresh. And I just oh, really yeah. liked it. I remember it just, you mentioning that before. Yeah. yeah, it's just really good, different. Again, know as little as possible going in. That's just really good, unique horror film. There's a bunch of horror that came out this year that I didn't care for. Like the new Hellraiser was way too long. Just like it wasn't bad, just unnecessary, kind of. Does that make sense? Gonna, it, it was it was way too long, like this, like this segment we're doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> like people in our regular life. No, I know. I'm just fucking around. Yeah. But um when it comes to that and TV shows, best show of the year for me, Andor. Best show that I watched this year. Hmm. The first one that comes to mind is She-Hulk, I think. I can't I think enjoyed of... enjoyed She-Hulk. Yeah. I, I really liked it. I liked it a lot. I can't... What else came out that I... Moon Knight came out. Moon Knight was fine. It was good. Um, I think I liked She-Hulk better. I haven't watched Andor yet, as you as you know, and, and, and as you yell at me about. Yes. Uh, um, rightfully so. Um, oh, oh, uh... But the Obi Wan Kenobi came out. 
Yes, that was also that, very good. That was even good. a lot of people that. didn't like it for some reason, but well, I, a lot of people are dumb. You know, we established true. that I think as a as a human race, and and definitely on this podcast, one of our mottos on this podcast is people are dumb. So. Definitely. Um, we also had those cool specials, Werewolf by Night, and that was uh, fun. Guardians Holiday Special was really. Oh, fun. I watched that. I did watch the Guardians Holiday Special. It was um fine. the The soundtrack was fun though. The soundtrack was fun. It was dumb fun. Like, I, really I will say, yeah, yeah, it was it was silly. It was stupid. It was exactly what you think it would be. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was fine. It, it was fine. And um, also, we were just talking about this before off air. Glass Onion. Just watched that a few days ago. Yeah, um, really good. That, yeah. A fun mystery. As I was telling you, I think the mystery aspect was better in the first film. But this film just felt more alive and more like, let's just have fun with these goofy characters that we're all playing in this whodunit murder mystery and it's still a clever mystery, and the characters are really fun, especially after you've watched Daniel Craig not be into playing James Bond while he's playing James Bond. Yeah, right. You can tell he loves playing this detective. It, he's it, it shows one hundred ten percent hamming it up, and he loves it, it. It showed in the first one, and in any like uh, clips or anything I've seen of of the second one, now it it, it comes through that he's having the time of his life. <laughs> Definitely, all, all the actors. And also for us, you know, we love wrestling over here. Wrestling. And Dave Batista just keeps proving how he's way better of an actor than The Rock or John Cena. Oh, 100%. He's so varied. 100%. Because he's an act, because he actually acts. Whereas yeah. like John Cena and The Rock play like one type of character. You know what I mean? 100%. And like this guy's purposely doing movies out of his comfort zone and just being different. Like this movie is like essentially joe rogan andrew tate type what which doesn't seem too off but What's like the name th- of this new this is the new m night Shyamalan movie right oh he's that one he's gonna be yeah he's in uh knock at the cat not knock at the door or knock at oh, the cabin yeah, or something yeah, yeah. wait was he in oh so is he in glass onion too yeah yeah he's in glass onion oh i didn't know that that's funny exactly. he's a totally different character that's, in the upcoming m night Shyamalan movie so like that's a lot of range. And he's in Dune this year. He was in that. That's right. He was in Dune. That was good. Like crazy range. So I'm really like proud of him. after watching him for years in WWE, like seeing him do all this stuff and really knock it out of the park. So that's Dune awesome. was technically last year. Yeah. There's a few things that were like at the beginning of last year that you just totally forget were last year. Dude, so. I, I, it, it's all a blur, man. It's all a blur. Yeah. Anyway, speaking today of today, we are covering blurs. <laughs> We're covering some crazy stuff that happens in X-Men 15, 16, 17, and then Immortal X-Men 8, and finally, animated series episode 3, Enter Magneto. Enter Magneto. Did you watch the one after that? You want you just like no. at this point, let's just talk about Enter Magneto, honestly. All yeah. right. You want to get this so, show going? Let's get it this off show going, these. y'all. All right. So, we're going to start off x-men 15 it's been a minute since i picked up an x-men book so like it, it, it i was at least three like, months frankly yeah and i was like oh man like what the fuck even happened in in the last issue but thankfully it just kind of is starting a new arc so i'm like all right cool cool, cool. so x-men 15 opens with forge hacking through krakoa with cyclops so if you recall and i'm sure you all do because i'm sure you all keep up with this a lot better than the two podcast hosts that you're you're probably ahead of us (laughs) um but the new x-men team is forge cyclops havoc uh jean gray i refuse to call her marvel girl 
um firestar and magic oh sync is on yeah sync is fact on the team and i'm missing one person iceman so that's the new team they had their election and what we forgot which will come up or which i forgot which will come up in in this story uh very soon was the uh the political machinations that were being played in the uh forge coming on the team and then forge being like all right fine if i'm on the team then alex is coming too and scott get all, all that hellfire gala drama yeah yeah so i kind of forgot about that until this book so forge takes uh cyclops out to um out into the jungles of krakoa and he's like hey um remember this guy and it's a uh, master mold of the sentinel that has the children of the vault inside of it and Cyclops is like, what the fuck, man? You've been hiding all this? What's going on here, man? And Forge is telling him, it's cool. It's cool. Everything's fine. And then the doors open and the children come out and they've been, they've been sitting there. They've been waiting a thousand fucking years evolving and getting stronger and learning the weaknesses of not just the X-Men we find out, but the entire Marvel universe. So in a series of a couple pages... The children of the vault destroy Krakoa, basically kill all the mutants, beat the shit out of every single Marvel uh, character, including Ghost Rider. We see the Fantastic Four get murdered. Um, Dr. Doom says he'll see you guys in hell. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, Zero bucks given. Doom will wait for you. And so they basically conquer Earth. And then they fucking go to goddamn... Um, uh, fucking... Oh my God, where's Thor? Asgard. Asgard. Then they go to fucking Asgard, beat the shit out of Thor and everybody on Asgard, take over that. And yeah, so we're left wondering here as uh, as readers, like what the, what the fuck um, is going on here? And then we hear at the very end of Forge's narration, a thing called Project Black Box. And so we then cut back to the past. Forge and Charles are sharing a drink in the snow. As somebody who now lives in a colder environment, <laughs> I want to know what their suits are made out of because they are wearing skin tight fucking suits here. Standard. Whatever Fantastic Four suits are made out of, they have to be because they would be freezing to death right now. One also, can you explain I... something to me? Or mm-hmm. unless you just say the same thing, when yeah, we... did Xavier get telekinesis powers? Boom, I'm about to talk about that too. So, okay. I don't have an answer for you. But what I do have for you is they mention in this book. So uh, Xavier is using newfound telekinetic powers to pour them some whiskey. And they're having a drink talking about what to do about the children of the the children of the vault. And Forge uh, on an aside says, by the way, man, nice, nice work. Your telekinesis is certainly getting better since uh, your resurrection. So I'm thinking charles in his infinite wisdom for who who could who are we to judge charles um i'm thinking he manipulated his resurrection so that he upped his powers and gave himself some more telekinetic powers that's my theory is that he somehow played played god with himself because he is never like it's on record of him not he has some telekinetic powers but not not strong like not any he focused on his um telepathy and not telekinesis and i think this is because he's jealous of gene and so he <laughs> wants super super telekinetic powers too 
I think he'll justify it as he wants better defenses because he did oh. get killed by um by Nimrod before. So he could be thinking like I need more defenses. Like I need to be able to move shit my mind. That probably helped. Yeah. Um like imagine a almost sinister esque scene of Xavier being attacked and he's like, guess what? I can turn to a giant Hulk now. <laughs> like yeah. he's just been adding powers to himself. And I also wonder how much of it is Magneto being gone now, too. True. Like yeah. if he's like, I need to be stronger because we've lost one of our strongest fighters and one of our strongest mutants. Yeah. Um before we go much further though, I do want to say, um, on art, so Jerry Duggan is the writer of X-Men right now, but uh one of our one of our favorite art, one of the one things we liked about X-Force was the art. That's and what this reminded me of. Okay, I was it, like it stopping is. going it's, like it's, I recognize this shit. Uh I can't I think it's Joshua Kasara. But anyway, it's the same artist from X-Force. Okay. Um, so that's pretty cool. So I'm happy to see him on a book that I enjoy reading. <laughs> um so we basically find out in this in this chat that Forge is, is pitching a containment plan for the children of the vault. Then we cut back to the scene of Forge hacking through the jungle with Cyclops. But this time it's slightly different because when they get through the jungle, they're greeted with an in, incredibly large biodome created by Forge and, and Krakoa itself. And Polyshore. <laughs> and and Polyshore. Um God, how many people even fucking get that reference? Two. Um, two. At most, two people got that reference. If you get that fine. reference, hit us up. Um, too, too many. Yeah, right. For sure. So Forge is explaining that he has built this device to contain the children of the vault. Uh, they're in a, a kind of stasis. Um, some of them, at least. And I don't, it doesn't seem like all of them are. It looks like um, the people who like almost got out. Yeah, so like there, there are like several of them, but they are being led. Like the children are being fed this, this fucking like AI reality, basically, where they have conquered the world and they are in charge of everything, and they're just living out their fantasies in, in this dream world that Forge has created. At this point, the rest of the X Men come in, and I do want to take a point to say that the uh, three of the X Men just magically appear in the jungle, <laughs> and then three of them come in by flight. Jean, there, there's a panel of Jean using her telekinesis to carry Alex and Scott into <laughs> into this battle. Like, it's fucking hilarious to me to watch her pick those two up. So now the entire because like she doesn't physically have to touch them. She doesn't, but she is. She is touching them just to like I don't know, just to like make them feel silly. I don't know. All right, slight side tangent. There was an issue recently of um I want to say a flash I was reading recently. And Green Lantern is like, or uh, Nightwing. Nightwing was like, "All right, let's go." And Flash says, "You want to ride my back?" Like, hold like a baby. And he's like, "You've been through the multiverse. You've gone to different timelines and dimensions, and you haven't found a more dignified way of carrying a grown man." And he said, "No, piggyback. Yeah, piggyback. Yeah, piggyback. <laughs> like, it, that's which, what this kind of feels like." Which Flash is this? Is this Wally? Wally, yeah, yeah, I love I love Wally and 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 uh, Dick Grayson together. They're fun. Um, so Forge tells the team that he's he has to go into the to the biodome because he's gonna do a rescue mission and find Dark. Do a rescue, rescue time. <laughs> so he's gonna do rescue Rangers and rescue Rangers down under. He's gonna do both of them. 
Um, and he has this specially made suit that's going to allow fight crocodiles. Him... Hmm? To fight crocodiles, I said. Absolutely. We're um, just killing it with old references that no one's going to fucking understand. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to get the egg. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, so part of the suit allows him to basically withstand the temporal changes and how time works in the vault and all that stuff. He's made it. Uh, he, he, he neglects to tell them some very key details that we'll find out here in a minute. Yes. But in order to get there, there's apparently some, they're not quite children of the vault, but they're creatures that live in the ecosystem that the, the vault has created outside of itself. So they have to blast through these monsters in order to get to the vault, um, he uses a, a cloaking device that turn that makes him look like um, Pero. I think the the character's name is, but basically they're the children of the vault's version of like the Hulk and Beast combined. Yeah. Um, and so he currently looks like that that character, and he's strolling up to the vault, and uh, he's about to head on in, and we see as he's heading in that all of a sudden uh, Caliban is, is like sewn into this suit. And he's yeah. like, he's like, dude, what, where am I? Where's my body? What's going on? And Forge is like, nah, I'll explain later. And he like goes Sorba. in and, and then we see as he's going in the vault, we see Serafina watching him go in. So one of the children of the vault is aware of what's happening. So that's, dun, dun, dun. that's X-Men 15. Um, before I jump into X-Men 16, you have any thoughts or, or what would you rate it? Well, I came into this issue a little differently than you because you reminded me that we didn't read number 15. You goddamn right I did. So I read 16, 17 and really felt like I missed something. You did. You missed that. <laughs> you missed a lot. <laughs> missed a lot. So going back, um, I give it a solid four X's. I, I'm with you on that one. I give it a four. And, and and I mean, I this entire three issue arc that we're about to do here is is really fucking good and made me yes. very excited to get back into these X-Men books. Yes, the, especially the ending of the next issue had me going, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit, indeed. And so a little bit. OK, so now we're going to jump into 16. Yes. Um, And it opens with a quote from Mr. Sinister that says the suit makes the mutant which I think is very, uh, a very, uh, there's a lot of foreshadowing happening right now. A yes, lot of clues being suit. dropped. <laughs> yeah. And so this particular issue opens, uh, with, <clears throat> excuse me, opens with forge and sinister having a little meeting. Uh, forge is like, um, listen, I have a list. It's got three names on it. Uh, I need their DNA, right? Is that what he's asking for? I assumed he meant like their DNA. I think so. I, I mean, unless he wants clones of them, which I guess maybe, I don't know. He, he needs the genetics of three mutants and we don't know who, well, I guess we can assume one of them is Caliban because we just saw that in the other issue, but we don't know who the other two are. And for uh, listeners who aren't like well-versed in, in X-Men yet, Caliban's mutant power is that he can sense other mutants. He can he can bait he like he's like a bloodhound for other mutants. He can find other mutants. And and as this book will explain in a little bit, and as you can probably guess, that is time and time again been he's been held captive and he's that power has been used to hunt and hurt mutants. And so we'll see how that is kind of 
played out in, in this series as well. For any of our it, listeners who've watched Logan, he's Stephen Merchant's character. Yes, exactly. Yes. Um, and so we, we, we pull back and we're in Forge's lab and we see that he's made this like little model of what he, what his vision of Krakoa would be. And it's pretty fucking dope. I'm going to be honest with you. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And so, uh, Sinister's like, Oh, uh, why don't you just take this to the quiet council? We have a vote on this. I'm sure to go find. Oh, you don't think you'll have the votes? Huh? Well, very intriguing. I do love to be owed a favor. Sure. I'll get you these these things, and then he eats the little piece of paper with the names on it, so that he can keep he a can secret the evidence. Um, and then he makes a little comment that he's always happy to help a fellow. What does he call him? Diamond head. We diamond heads need to stick together, or something like that. Um, and that's when I noticed, and I went back and looked at the last issue too, that Forge's headband has a diamond on it. and that's the yep. only marking on it is that diamond yep so when we're done with this we can get into some theories of what this means if anything but it's gotta mean something uh, they wouldn't point it out if it didn't mean anything right we'll do at the end of the issue yeah. yeah so that's we find out that's where that's how he's basically gotten some of the genetics for this suit so forge is back inside the temple he's explaining to caliban that you know, we we met at the Green Lagoon, and I asked if you wanted to help um, help on a on a mission. That oftentimes, like I just said, your powers have been misused, and this is your chance to do good, to find a mutant that's in trouble, and we can save them. Our friend Darwin has been captive now for well over several thousand years in his lifetime, um, but you know, just it's just a matter of months probably for us. Um, and so Caliban's like, oh, that is cool. I do want to do that. I'm going to just gloss over the fact that I don't remember this conversation and that I have no body. But Caliban's sweet and simple sometimes. Caliban is the sweetest, um, which is which is crazy because his character started off as um, somebody who kidnapped Kitty Pride and wanted to have her as his child bride. So, you know, Yikes. he's come a long way. He's yeah. come a long way. We've uh, all made mistakes hopefully they don't all involve trying to have children brides but... we all made mistakes <laughs> speaking of uh what was that guy's name andrew tate andrew tate yeah fucking loser what just got fucking, arrested what a fucking loser um so oh also as... before we keep going mm-hmm. did you notice also in this particular issue the artist made havoc's headbands the biggest things in the fucking world Dude, his his headband cup like out how, of control. His headband is out of control. That's 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 the way to put it. His headband is out of control. Like especially um, the pages where like he's explaining to him what happened between him and Forge, and he's getting angry. I'm like, I can't take your anger seriously when your headbands are are another head could fit under it. He's got a five head, if you will. You know. Yes. Um. And so, as he's making his way through the vault, we cut. And we cut over back to outside the biodome. Probably sure it's not there. Um, and we find the Summer Brothers doing what the Summer Brothers do best, which is arguing. Yeah. Um, and Alex flat out says, "Like you, why'd you even put me on this team? You, I know you don't want me here." He's like, "I didn't pick the X Men, Alex." And Alex is like, "Oh yeah, Mister, I'm the X Men." <laughs> I love that he calls him out <laughs> for that bullshit. He said, "I love it." And he's like, no, 
He, he's like, I picked Forge, and as a fucking get back to me, Forge made you get on the team, which I was like, damn, Scott, that was kind of like, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to be honest, like this felt like it didn't feel weird for Alex because Alex has been ever since Hellions, Alex has been dealing with anger and 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 like um, not knowing where he fits in and, and having yes. like blackouts and stuff like that. So this this fits in with Alex's character. But Scott Summers is like a calculated person who who doesn't do things rashly who has a plan for everything remember during judgment day that just happened he had like all these like oh let's look for what did cyclops say to do if a, if a kaiju attacks krakoa he had something in his book for that so like you're missing one he... very important thing though what he has never been a good brother oh no he's a fucking awful brother he even says in here too he's like i thought I thought I was the brother with brain damage. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, that was a weird line. What the fuck? That Scott, was not that completely was... necessary. Scott, that is out of line. Like, I'm surprised Gene didn't come in and be like, yo, dude, what the fuck? Yikes. Like, it was definitely a yikes moment. But also, it read like when you're reading a comic and someone's messing with the mind of a different character to make them think all their family and friends hate them. Right? Like, so that was also, a bit weird. The art, I, I do love, uh, I do love the artist in this book, but his, his Havoc headband, his Havoc headgear, speaking of, like, maybe he's just crazy with headgear. Cause, like, well, I just noticed if you look at the cover of issue 16, it's a straight up diamond on his oh, head. No, I know. I, I, oh, you had walked away, uh, off before we started recording. I had mentioned that, but you, I think you'd walked away to get the book. Oh. Because before um, I'm gonna say the shape, I see like the drawing, but like it's a straight up diamond on his head, and I keep looking at Forge's face now and looking at it. But we'll get we'll get to that at the end of it. But we'll yeah. get to that too. Um, so they're having this squabble, and Alex is a hothead, and Alex uh punches uh Scott with with all of his might and knocks off Scott's visor, and because. Scott is the one with brain damage and can't control his powers. Uh, <laughs> blast the fucking hole right through the biodome. And when you know it, the real Pero, the big blue creature that uh, Forge is pretending to be right now, is the one who gets out of his containment cell. And so our X-Men have to have a quick battle against one of the strongest, most powerful children of the vaults. <laughs> and... Um, it goes pretty well, actually. Uh, I mean, they start getting their ass handed to him first. Uh, Iceman gets uh, clobbered to death, and then his leg gets used as a knife. Um, <laughs> that was pretty nice. Uh, but they're able to get him back in his stasis and get him back under control and seal up the biodome. And Alex, as usual, feels like shit. And then Scott says another thing, like... Like Gene is like, dude, what are, what are you doing? We need to talk about what's happening here. And like he says to Gene, I could kill Forge for adding havoc to the squad. Alex hasn't found what he's looking for, and this X-Men team is not it. Like, damn, dude. I mean, I agree with you. I don't well, think, that I agree, yes. I that don't think I Havoc needs to be on this X-Men team, but like, come on, man, stop being such a dick. <laughs> I assume in a in a writing standpoint, this is being put in because he's gonna learn soon how to be a better brother like I'm expecting like a one-on-one -on -one issue between them here's what i'm here's what i'm theorizing real quick on this uh, on the summers brothers uh, i think this is also leading into dark web because madeline Pryor has such a, a big role in that in that mm. crossover that there's no way havoc isn't going to be involved in that too and okay. so 
Um, you know what I mean? I think that's going to, I think that's going to lead to some kind of big family, uh, hopefully healing moment, but we, we shall see. And so we go back into the vault. Um, Forge again, pretending to be one of the children of the vault gets back by some security inside the temple because the, the children of the vault inside the temple are not, you know, being contained. And he goes, Do you to- also hear um, Tron music when they're in this world. I didn't, but now I do. <laughs> it really works. It's weird. But yeah. Daft Punk level Tron soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very cool. The color, the coloring, the art is very cool in the series. Very, very good. Um, so Forge goes by these guards. He's into, he gets into basically the, um, the area where they're, where he, where Caliban senses a mutant is being held. They, they, sure it's darwin it has to be darwin he's the only one that got left behind right sink and and, and sink got out and and we know L- laura died there so yeah yeah and we we brought her back so what other mutant could it be he opens the 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 containment cell to find uh laura kinney fucking wolverine is still alive and being held in this containment cell and has gray hairs now because it's been fucking forever um, um my jaw dropped. <laughs> like, Dude, I literally was like, oh shit. And <laughs> like even Forge is like, you know how you just asked me if I ever feel dumb? I do right now, player. I do right now. <laughs> we and definitely so, brought her back. <laughs> yeah. And so the it ends with with um Forge uh putting together a, a clandestine uh message back to the Quiet Council, basically being like, um Darwin can't find him. Uh just found Wolverine, so now we have another Wolverine. Um, and I, I really think we're gonna need to call the Avengers. We're gonna need to talk to Tony. We're gonna need to get Reed into this, which I thought was really big of Forge. Yes. I think there's in, in this arc, and one thing I want to want to say now, so it reminds me to talk about it in a minute. But there's a lot of parallels right now in the X Men universe between Beast and Forge. Both of them are geniuses. Yes. Both of them are doing things that are like hard decisions. Sometimes it's gray area. Sometimes it's not morally right. But Forge in this series seems to be going towards the light. He seems to be leaning toward doing the right thing and not wanting to be morally gray anymore. Like he's learning a lesson in, in, in humanity. Whereas beast is over here, just straight up dark beasting it out, out of, out of, insanity well there'll be moments that he's being really calculated and and pragmatic and then it's like something happens where he's like i can't cross that line yeah and that and i think in the in x in 17 we really see that so that's how x-men 16 ends with one of the craziest cliffhangers i've i've read in a long time yeah i give that one five x's from intrigue and shock ending I gave it five because I'm a sucker for Summers Brothers fight, and yeah, that's true. Yeah, and the and the intrigue was insane. I am so yeah. I, I'm just very excited to see what what happens now that we have two fucking uh, Laura Kenny Wolverines hanging around. Now, on top of that, and we'll get into a little bit more why we feel this way after Immortal X Men, but is Forge a version of Sinister? So. I th- I think I think maybe there has to be something there because one 
they're really showing his diamond headband a lot. Yes. <laughs> um, they make sinister say like they they put like they put the the breadcrumbs there and they're not very subtle. So like yeah. they, they has to be going somewhere. And but it makes it, me want to go backwards and be like, okay, well, the character inherently is very much a scientist and all about experimentation. And my personal knowledge of the character, like I always think of, oh, well, he also made the thing that's supposed to take away mutant powers and didn't really care that it got into government hands. Like he wasn't no, he always did. pro that, mutant. No, Forge, Forge, and that was a growth in Forge as well, which was yeah. he felt bad about that. He he hated that the government used his his thing against him. In I I didn't mention it, but in this book, in his conversation with Sinister, he was straight up like. No, I don't trust the Krakoan government yet because many governments have used my technology to hurt mutants yeah. or do something that they thought was good and it and it was bad. So no, I'm not 100% on board yet. And of course, being of, of Native American heritage, he's like, no, I don't trust any fucking governments. Also, so, do we know Forge's real name? I don't. I don't know. I, I'm sure we have heard it at some point. I'm going to look it up soon. Yeah, because there's a certain panel in Immortal X Men that Sinister mentions. But now I'm curious. I'm just think now thinking about. Yeah, and that's what I. So what I think, and this is going into a little bit of Immortal X Men Eight, but a Sinister says something about like putting his DNA in people um, or in things, right? Destiny. What's her name? Destiny. Yeah. She's the one that says it. Thank you. Okay. So okay. Yeah. So Destiny says this is what Sinister is up to. He's trying to like put his DNA in things so he can live on forever and control control other people, I guess, in, in some way. So I'm wondering if maybe that um is is what's happening with Forge. Maybe he's not necessarily a clone of, he's a blood of Sinister, but he's yeah. like uh yeah, he's like he's got some kind of like genetic code that can be turned on at any time and sinister can take control or some shit like that. I don't know, but yeah, it's def there's definitely something going on there. All right. So next up we have X-Men number 17 where we have forge or actually, first of all, sync just chilling out by himself because he's had enough of this vault life. Yeah. Literally no world. more than anyone else. <laughs> in no world is Sink going to go back to the vault. He's like, fuck y'all, I ain't going there. Yeah, but he gets a call from Gene saying, hey, you need to get here right away. He's like, shit, all right, fine, I'm on it. And, and because runs, Everett is a fucking hero, he's out the door. Running out the door. We cut back to, and more importantly, this is before he gets the call, we cut back to Forge, and he's like, well, shit, there's X-23, there's Laura, this is awkward. Anyway, we gotta find Darwin. And um, Caliban um, is basically saying, like, what, what do you mean? We gotta help her. Well, yes, we have an evac for one person, and we came here for Darwin. So we gotta do that. And he's like, but that we're heroes, we're X-Men, that's what we do. We have to help people. And he's like, not now, essentially. And while they're walking away, they get attacked by the child Seraphina. child of the vault. What's yes. her name? Serafina. Serafina. And basically, not only what she wants, she wants to know why they're there, what are they doing, but she also wants to know why did you save her? And this is like in issue one, right, from X Men. Yes, yes, I think that yeah, the first issue when this whole era started, and basically it's like because 
I think Caliban says it, but like because we're X Men, we're mutants, and that's what we do. We have to help people. And there is that glimmer, which I wonder where that's going to go away in the future. But there is that glimmer of like, all right, well now we're even. I'm not going to kill you. You can leave. But that is now someone vaguely on their side. A little bit, yeah. And I'm very interested. Seraphina has always been one of my my favorite. It was Caliban, by the way. I'm saying that's what the X Men do. Yes, exactly. Well, he's got a knife sticking out of his chest. He's still smiling. I love the artwork for that suit. It's so good. So good. And um, yeah, so she lets him go, and then this weird vine gets shoved in his neck, <laughs> and yeah. which was like, okay, what's going on now? Well, apparently Darwin is alive. Technically, he's basically <laughs> integrated with the actual vault itself. He is in the mainframe. He is basically the AI right now. He is merged into the AI that runs the vault. Yes. So he makes this kind of fake reality of Forge's dream future for Krakoa. And doesn't and it look great? I mean, it, it looks, looks fucking pretty great. fucking epic. It looks fucking epic, man. I love it. But the way uh, Darwin looks is pretty terrifying. Uh, I'm with you on that one. Darwin looks scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I get why he says he's happier now that he's free to roam in the system rather than just being tortured for hundreds of years doesn't look fun yeah and they cut and they you see him like they do cut to like a couple panels of darwin actually hooked up to this machine where the children of the vault were running these experiments on him and it just it's like it like literally his brain is exposed he's just laying there like limbs missing god it's so sad and and tragic and um i do like that he's basically saying to forge like save laura get out of here um, I'm all right. I'm 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 not in pain anymore because I'm I'm integrated into the system. And dude, I'm learning so much right now, man. Like I'm a secret agent in here right now. Like, why don't you get yeah, the fuck I did out? I find that interesting because if he is one with the AI, maybe he can guide these children in the right direction. I wonder. I wonder if that's gonna be the way he tries to go, or if he or if it's gonna be a thing where you know, somebody wants him to just take down the children of the vault. And he's like, no, I'm going to reform them or something of that nature. My first thought was they could be used as a big MacGuffin. Like, yes. Oh, the X-Men are going to lose. The mutants are going to lose this big army's coming. And they're like, let's just open the vault and let them fucking deal with it. Yeah. Right. That could be a thing. So eventually when Forge wakes up, Caliban's pretty confused and he's like, let's go save Laura. And basically saying it's what we're supposed to do now i found this i don't know what the right way to put it but like yes he's making the right choice but he's only doing it because the other option was taken away from him i think i don't know i i think he's making the right choice because um darwin gave him this vision of of where things are how he's doing what's happening he's he's had this like blissful moment of like being in his own little paradise. And when he wakes up, one of the things he says when they're, he's going back for Laura is basically what Caliban told him is, I think I heard somewhere along the way that is what the X-Men do. And I think he's having this moment of like, I am an X-Men. I, 
I want I I'm not leaving. He he doesn't want to leave anybody behind. That's why he's yeah. doing all of this. He he's he made this suit. He he went into this gray area of like taking the genetics from from other mutants. We know he take he took genetics from Caliban. He took genetics from Mystique because of he can change. And I'm pretty sure we find out in this book that he took the genetics of Tempo so that he what he wouldn't like age and he can you know with all the the stuff in the children of the vault so like he's had this like really morally like gray is putting it nicely honestly yeah. uh area and and when he comes back to with his near-death experience basically i think he's like no i'm gonna make the right choice here so then we actually get to possibly one of my favorite splash pages so, so we have sync running back on what's wrong what, what happened what happened and basically they're like hey it doesn't always have to be something bad check it out and we see old laura right there looking at her looking at sync well scott says hey give her some time it might take a bit it might take a little bit and she immediately just runs into his arms and they kiss and i thought that's such a beautiful page i it's loved just, it I it's just it nice. So Apparently, oh, some segments of the internet hate this. They think like having a romance between these characters is not good. I don't know. I feel like there are people who didn't actually read the book and just looked at the page. It could be that. Um, it could be racism. It could be racism. Oh, very, very, very easily. Which is like, why do you read X Men? Yeah. But um, I absolutely just love this. Just one page. Like, I want. I might make this a background on my phone or something. Oh, that's sweet. I like it. I like it a lot too. And what they they're calling her Laura Alpha, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, because like how because that's another thing you have this problem you have honey badger right yeah she's what six yeah somewhere between six and ten i would think yeah. yeah and then you have regular wolverine laura and now you have one that's like what 400 years old i think more than that i think they i think they're talking thousands of years I'm, she was in stasis though for a long time yeah but like still it was a thousand years like sh she might not have aged that way and also she's a wolverine so she can her body heals from even aging so God, how long I, i'm like nervous for the next time we talk to her like how long has she been in there it's it's terrible because i mean when sync got out it had already been a thousand something years i'm pretty sure oh yeah yeah so jesus yeah so a lot so she's been through a lot and it's just, it's a nice if they get a happy ending. And then a tiny part of me was like, please don't let this be a trap. Ooh, please let man. it be the real her. Like this is like a plant. Yeah. Yeah. It could be. I could see that. I could also see this being the real, the real one. And now having this, like, uh, what do we do with the resurrected clone? This is why we didn't want to bring back clones. <laughs> Basically. Like, Thankfully, this is happening first to someone who's already cloned and already has these issues of like, yeah, there's multiple me's. It's fine. At my last solo book, I had to fight four other clones of me. It's fine. Yeah, but like, right. imagine if you're a regular mutant who died, came back and then found out, no, the other you didn't die. It was just missing. Yeah, right. That, that'd be wild. Well, now shit. there's two of you. There's literally actually a movie I saw a trailer for. It's, um, uh what's her name from doctor who and guardians of the galaxy oh yeah yeah uh kieran gillen or something like yes that. uh she's in a movie where there's a clone of her because she was dying and they were gonna make a clone and then she wasn't dying anymore so now the clones in that society have to fight so there's one left 
<laughs> that that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah, that, that was just a really sweet moment, really nice. And then we have Forge going back to the bar. Well, before Caliban. we do, before we get there, though, Forge makes the decision to burn the suit that he was wearing that had the genetic codes of Mystique and 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 um, Tempo and and uh, Caliban. And basically, I think in this moment, he's like, "This was not a good thing I just did, and I'm gonna make sure it doesn't fall in the wrong hands by destroying it." Yeah. And then he goes back to the bar, sees Caliban. And basically wants to apologize, even though Caliban has no idea what he's talking about. And kind of just ask him, like, if I needed you for something that was good, would you be okay with that? And he's like, yeah. All right. I feel way better. And okay. Then, some it, things happened. Yeah. Yeah. And then he tells and then Yeah. And then we're left to assume that he tells him. Yeah. Which that is a like a very selfless good thing to do that he did. Like he didn't have to do it. No one would have ever known, but like he felt the weight of guilt on him. Which is why, which is what I was leading to when I was like, this is like a parallel with Beast, but Forge is is finding his way to heroicism. He's finding his way to being a good person. And it's gonna be really shitty if he turns out to just be like not the real Forge or a clone of sinister so you know what i mean like it's gonna be a real well, bummer this is where we have some more questions i'm trying to find i think it's in this medical report part but basically when they were copying or backing up forge's memory it's taking up like a terabyte or something yeah when they when they scanned him when he came back out of the vault basically hit like to do his backup it, it took up like double triple whatever the size it normally does yeah, and then when they backed them up again, like a couple days later, it was back to normal size or something like that. So I'm wondering, did Darwin is not the good guy we think he is, and maybe that's put something extra? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm wondering because now is Darwin now also in the the backups? You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, shit. yeah, yeah, that so. could be the fall. The fall of X Men. That could be the fall of X. Wouldn't it be wild if the fall of X has to do more with like the children of the vault and Darwin than <laughs> than anything else? It would be the most Hickman thing. Like, remember that thing we did in the first issue of X Men? That's gonna lead to the last issue of X Men. Mm-hmm. We're gonna lightly touch on it a few times in the middle, have a bunch of epic shit in the middle, and it's gonna end with that again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and it is all AI based, and we know, in but thanks to um, House of X and Powers of X, that in the future it's basically like uh, Ch- Chimera of Mutants and like um, like basically AI robot infused people. You know what I mean? Oh, that they're, they're all like. I'm thinking, like, could Darwin end up being a version of the Phalanx because he's becoming evolved, but he's also evolving in an AI system. Could be, or. Is this how they take down Nimrod? Could be Dar- Darwin gets into or- Orcus somehow, takes down Nimrod. I don't know. A lot of potential here, and I'm loving it. How many X's? Oh, um, five X's easily. Five fucking X's. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. How could it be anything else? Four X's just for the Laura and Sync scene alone. Absolutely. Um, next up, we have Immortal X-Men number eight, where we're going back, way back. To the 1940s first. 
in the 40s, we have Mystique trying to infiltrate a base and figure out what's going on with Destiny and why she'd ever work with someone like Mr. Sinister. And basically, she's like, I got to do this now to ensure things are good in the future for us. Because I'm seeing shit about the future, and it's not good, and we got to take care of X, Y, Z. Then we cut back to the first time Mystique met Nathaniel Essex in the 1895, where apparently Mystique is Sherlock Holmes. I love it. I love that Mystique is Sherlock Holmes. Like, fuck it. Of course. They do it so casually, though. Like, oh, yeah, yeah of course she was. Yeah, and she even said, because Mystique is the one voiceovering uh, the book, and she even says, back when I was the great detective. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, like, when I read that, because it was like the page before you see her as Sherlock Holmes, I was like, does she mean Sherlock Holmes? <laughs> yes, she does. <laughs> yeah, so they go to kind of solve a mystery. They go and see Nathaniel Essex, and Mystique is like, this guy, like he looked like he was going to die right away. Like, there's no way he was involved in these murders going on. And as they're talking to him, they, he mentions stuff like, oh, we're sorry about your wife passing. Ah, I took that out of my genetic code already. I'm more angry about the years I wasted. Yeah. And it's like, ooh, okay. Yeah, we all forget that um, before Sassy Sinister, there was extremely racist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and xenophobic uh, Sinister, which what? Someone in the audience said, and misogynistic. <laughs> oh, I feel like he's still sassy, sinister, still that. I really... A little bit, yeah. It's a, it's a tinge, yeah. But, but yes. also coughing up blood. So like, oh, this guy's going to die soon. He's got consumption. Yes, but he's very adamant that he will not die. There's too many things happening in the future. So when they're hunting down, I guess, Jack the Ripper, they think they're hunting Jack the Ripper. Yeah. Um, They stumble upon sinister but like a full form sinister like we know him now yeah like uh yeah this is like a, a straight up jekyll and hyde type yeah. situation yeah they're, they're they're tackling in one issue sherlock holmes jekyll dr jekyll hyde and yep. uh jack the ripper <laughs> yeah and probably honestly let's be like a little bit of frankenstein here too you know? yeah yeah <laughs> of course so they kind of let him get away to see where he's going, and they track him back, of course, to Sinister's house, where he's like, listen, I'm doing advancements, but I can't really control it yet. But it's okay. It's totally cool. I'm going to get the hang of it eventually. This will not beat me. So in his many rambling, I'm trying to remember where this was, where he mentions the families. Mentions the what? Where he mentions the, the, fa- the, the families that he put his DNA in. oh shit yeah i don't remember where that happens i do i do remember him saying that he like, keeps calling he, him essex men <laughs> yeah yeah you're essex men too um i do remember him saying that um he's had these visions of like people with with clock gears of clockwork minds and they're gonna take over like all this like really like 19th late 19th century versions of what a computer would be and like he's basically talking about the ending of uh, powers of X, the ending of all of it as, as, as things stand right now of the AI merging with the phalanx and all this shit. And it, it, it's wild. I did. There's also a part where he's like rambling about his hatred for Charles Darwin and Charles Babbage. And he's like, well, I never be rid of these Charles. 
but also mentions how like the Egyptian changed him. We know as Apocalypse. Yeah, and there's there's a big question mark for me. And I mentioned this before off air. Is all of this a repercussion of what Sinister's been doing with Moira? Like, is this Sinister more aware because he already blew up a Moira and restarted the universe? I'm thinking it's got like there's got to be some kind of like weird the past is changing because of all of his fucking weird ass scheming and shit and i don't think we ever truly found out what destiny said to sinister on the park bench when he didn't know who she was no before he went into his before he collapsed on the ground and started well if i remember correctly his wife was still there next to him i want to say in that issue it could be i don't remember that i feel like a woman was next to him yeah but yeah like I just I'm so fascinated to know what this is what Sinister has been doing in the background basically because now we're wondering like hey did he already have clones like we never knew he put his DNA in other families yeah because it was our audience member pointed that out or that it that was something that Destiny said so that was that must have been during the opening of the book when uh in like the 1940s or whatever find it now yeah, we're trying to find it right now. But anyway, so Sinister's saying, hey, I'm going to get control of my powers eventually. So it's going to be, oh, yeah, it is Destiny early in the book, in the 40s, actually, that uh, he put his said. DNA in names like Shaw, Sullivan, Xavier, Marco, uh, Riking, and the list goes on. Yeah. So, so uh, it could be know. Summers. Could yeah. be could be fucking Summer's family. Yeah. And isn't Marco, isn't that um Juggernaut? Juggernaut, yeah. Yeah. Which is half brother of Xavier, whatever. Yeah. Whatever the continuity is now. Yeah, so anyway, after all that, they said, like, well, you're not gonna control it anytime soon. What we're gonna do is put you in a psych ward until you control it so you can't keep hurting people. All right, that's what's gonna be. But then a red light shows up in front of him and then he's dead yeah and as and before that happens like this is again i think kind of leading into what you what you're just mentioning about the, his genetics being placed in all these places now he's mumbling to himself in the asylum i will live i will live more than immortal forever all times for and then that red light and he's st- he just keeps saying red and black red and black red and black which are like playing card colors like diamonds clubs spades all that shit and what sinister wears and what sinister wears and yeah and then he does that thing again where he just starts saying you're a ghost you're a ghost and then he dies who is it i want to know i mean i guess it's gotta be him or some version of him i'm sure but this version of sinister saying you're a ghost from our knowledge only people he's met that are significant are his wife and apocalypse but this is exactly what in, in Immortal X Men One, whatever, whatever uh, Irene says to him on the bench, when he collapses and starts cha- saying that too, you're a ghost, you're a ghost, you're a ghost, and he dies then too. Yeah. Well, did, I never did he die then, or he just went into shock? I thought he just went into shock. Maybe he just went into shock. I don't remember. That's all, that's how I took it. I did like this moment. Where Mystique Sherlock Holmes is basically like, hey, I'll give you a little money to forget about this. And he's like, yeah, sure. A man who takes a bribe cannot be trusted. <laughs> yeah, she, the, the, the guard, yeah. And I was like, oh, I mean, yes. 
That's still a bit harsh. I mean, she's got a point. She's got a point. No, it's an absolute point, yeah. So then we finally have, at the end, Mystique still narrating, basically saying, like, well, we don't know how he died, but I'm sure if Destiny found out, she would tell me. There is a level of trust. Like, this almost seems like Mystique's only weak spot now. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. oh, I'm sure Destiny would tell me if she found out something. Also, plenty of great jokes about how, Destiny, stop saying you read that. You didn't read that. Oh, God, I know. But Mystique says, oh, you didn't read the news? And Destiny's like, oh, that's a really fucking cruel joke. Yeah, but doesn't like, I'm pretty sure Sinister has a similar line to her later. Like, oh, a blonde woman telling me you read this. Yeah. Yeah, how'd you read Nietzsche? Yeah. Yeah, so sexism and a blonde joke. <laughs> Just really... <laughs> really going full force it, would, it wouldn't be mr sinister if 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 it was anything else absolutely not so at the very end we see that destiny finds a has four vats which again how do you make this advanced technology in the 1800s i don't know but we see all the symbols all the suits i guess yes that's the word in, i was looking for in uh four vats which made me go holy shit We've only been meeting and talking to one sinister with one symbol. That's not true. Not too long ago, we met the the yes. one with the club on his head. Yes. So that means there are technically two more sinisters running around this entire time. And my fear is they could technically be any character as well. They could be. It could be anything. Like that. I was just like, fuck. All you need is one character in one issue to rub some paint off their forehead. <laughs> it's just like, oh shit, you've been a sinister this whole time, and uh, the entire game has changed. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm pretty sure in February, Sins of Sinister start, and it's gonna, man, we're gonna have to like really keep up on that shit, man, because it's gonna be a fucking. Oh yeah, we'll get spoiled nightmare. right away if we don't. <laughs> no, it's just gonna be a continuity nightmare, man. <laughs> yes. Well, they're treating it from what we understand. They're treating it like a Marvel event, not just yeah. an X Men event, which is also sometimes scary. But like, they're treating this serious. Like, I've seen like promotional art of like random characters now have a sinister diamond in their head, and they're doing shit. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole changing the future, the past, the sending the Moiras to like reset timelines and shit—that doesn't just affect the X Men. Yeah. <laughs> well, then. Man, then you have to worry about a situation where the X-Men, after explaining Resurrection, have to now explain how there's a Moira and her power is Jesus. all these reboots that happen is her fault. And they're going to be like, what reboots? And they have to be like, so, there's been a few. Uh, listen, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I give that five X's also just for pure intrigue. Oh god, pure yeah, five X's too. Immortal X. I don't think I don't know if I've given Immortal X Men anything other than five X's. That's the sad part because it's the same writer for Judgment Day and it didn't turn out great. But these books, these single issues of Immortal X Men, mm-hmm. have been so fantastic, and I've noticed a lot of like attention on on the like uh, on X Men Twitter. Like when people talk about their favorite books of the year, I see Immortal X Men pop up a lot. Immortal X Men and X Men Red are the ones I've seen pop up as as favorite Definitely. titles. I I feel I still feel like we might be in the minority of, of our feelings for Judgment Day. I feel like I've seen positive stuff on it. I actually have too, which is odd. But hey, listeners, if you have a different view, I'd love to hear. It. We would love to hear that. 
Yeah. If you want to hit I mean, us up, definitely. Yeah. I, 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 it's certainly not the worst thing I've ever, <laughs> not the worst crossover I've ever read. No, no, definitely not. No. Um, all right. So next up, if you want to time code this and put it in the description in case people do want to skip to this, right, we'll see. be talking about X-Men, the animated series, episode three, Enter Magneto. Enter Magneto. Yeah, man, we're going all the way back to, I don't even know what year. What year did this come out? 1994? That was, 90, that was 96. No. X-Men? No, that was, that's when it ended. Uh, You look it up. I'll start talking about this. I don't want to do any editing today. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Enter Magneto, episode three of the X-Men animated series. Um. This episode, ninety-two, yeah, ninety-two, yeah, ninety-two. That's why I freak. Okay, so, um, yeah, we meet Mag as as the title would suggest. We meet Magnus, <laughs> uh, Magnus, aka Magneto, in in our children's version of the X Men universe. Um, Beast is Beast is still in jail from when he attacked the uh, the mutant registry system. Uh, he's awaiting trial. Magneto tries to bust him out of jail. And Beast um, says, "No, I'm going to wait my day in trial. My day in trial. This is less a you know. I know, obviously, I'm guilty of breaking and entering, but you know, like I, I want to state my case. I want to show the world what these people are doing to mutants and blah blah blah." And Magneto's like, "You're you're as dumb as you are, ugly you motherfucker." And he like, and he heads out. and leaves Beast there. One thing I want to say. Uh, so Beast is is reading Animal Farm. Um, yes. <laughs> in, in his cell, uh, two things here. He's reading a massive book that says Animal Farm, George Orwell on the on the front. So you're <laughs> led to believe that that's the only story in there. Animal Farm is a tiny fucking book. So I don't know what else <laughs> is going on in that book he's reading. And also, he's reading it backwards. He's turning the pages. That's smart. He's that smart. He's turning the pages like this way, <laughs> like from. It's a like, Japanese book. It must be. He's reading a manga. Um, well, think about that for a second. Like kids in, in especially in 1992, a kid is not going to know Animal Farm. First of all, no, no. I mean, I watched this when it came out, and there's a Dostoevsky reference. Yep. There's a fucking Animal Farm reference. I think there was one other goddamn reference too. And I, like, oh, the Bard. <laughs> he talks about Shakespeare. And uh, and all I kept thinking to myself is, no wonder I turned out the way I fucking did. <laughs> Pretentious fuck. Why did no one drive it? <laughs> I know. What the fuck? I literally wrote down um, Magneto being a boss. Because oh, when yeah, he left he... that scene, he's like, all right, I guess I'm not going to rescue you. But I'm going to fuck up all these guys real quick. Yeah. Yeah. And I love, I love whenever there's like mass destruction in the animated series, they always make sure they show people getting to safety. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I made a comment later in the episode when Magneto attacks again. I'm like, why are the tanks the same size as the men like escaping the tanks? Like, oh, yeah. the proportions are so off. It's, it's, that, but you always that, see them getting out of the tank to make yeah. sure they're okay. But also, I did realize in this moment, the animated series is my favorite interpretation of Beast. Like, I'm with you, you on don't that get one. that hint you get in the comics of like this guy can go can go dark pretty fast. Well, back like, I in feel the like day, in the anime series, yeah, I'd say back in like the 80s and 90s, Beast was yeah. just a good guy. But uh, it comes with the voice; it really comes across as like a humble, uh, soft-spoken, good-natured guy 
And yeah, he could have escaped a million fucking times, but he wants to prove a point and a moral high ground in the court so everyone can see what's happening to me. Like if he makes it like this is bigger than me and I'm going to find the most positive outcome and the most positive way to do this. I know. I I do recall Beast being one of my favorite characters when I when I watched the show back in back in my youth. Well, I almost like forgot how much I like the character You're right. Beast yeah, yeah, right yeah. now he's like always teetering on insanity. True, true. That's that's a very good point. I I did forget that there was a time when Beast was probably my favorite if not close to my favorite characters. Yeah. Um so yeah, Magneto with all of his ill-defined magnet powers. Um, oh, oh, if you want ill-defined magnetism powers, he just watch this show. He blows up, you know, brick walls with his magnet powers. So of course. there's that. Um yeah, anyway. So Magneto leaves, like you said, uh leaves Beast behind, fights a bunch of guys. Next we see um Beast on trial. Uh it's a fucking kangaroo court, obviously. Um, now, actually, before that, we I think before that we got the backstory of Magneto and Xavier. Oh, that's I think so. Yeah. So Xavier's so, talking to Jubilee about when he met Magneto back in the day. And it's basically the um pretty much true origin story, except you know, some changes for children's uh children purposes. I kept yeah, thinking they, of actually X-Men Apocalypse. Hmm? X-Men Apocalypse when he has like that random family in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, right. And also, people forget like he didn't always have the Holocaust like storyline. Uh, he he didn't back in like the like early incarnations, but he did with Claremont. Claremont, I think, is the one who gave him that. Are you um, sure? I thought it didn't come into like late nineties. Maybe I, I'm no, I'm pretty sure because the the story they're referencing now was a Claremont st- story. In which it was like post World War II, they were um, they were work they were working with victims. Um, that's when Xavier meets uh, Gabrielle Holler, the who he has um, Legion with, the, the woman he has Legion with, um, and so that's kind of what this is about. Like that's the story of Magneto. Okay, so and, right, real up. quick, I looked it up. Um, he was a Holocaust survivor in Claremont's book in 81, but it wasn't actually shown until some years later in his own single issue. So, yeah, like it was established in the canon. That he was a Holocaust survivor, but it wasn't like developed and like delved into until way later. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, we get that backstory of they both worked at this medical camp trying to save people. Um, The one of the patients that. I think is supposed to be Legion's mom um, is kidnapped by a faction of, of people who used, who used to run this country when the war was going on. So Nazis. Um, and yeah, I put in my, in my notes, I put, Oh, they're both doctors of whatever. It, don't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It they're don't just matter. both vague doctors helping people. And so, yeah, that's they they go to save her, and it's then that air, air, uh, Magnus, my bad, uh, Magneto, tries to kill all of the rebels and all of the the ex Nazi people, and Charles stops him, and that's when they have their their schism, and and they are no longer friends. And then we get to the trial, uh, which is interrupted by Sabretooth attacking, and. Uh yeah, the X Men, right? I vaguely remember X. The X Men are the one who come in and like knock out 
right? Like San Perdue, yeah. Yeah, and they they, so they were they, already they, there watching. That's the trial. right, they were there. Okay. So they they beat up Sabretooth. Wolverine wants to murder him. Um Scott says don't do it. And they bring him back to the mansion where, you know, Xavier is going to fix him up. Where Wolverine still wants to murder him. Wolverine still wants to murder him. Everyone's like, you know, he reminds me a lot of you when you had your rage issues. And he's like, shut the fuck up. Don't and worry about like, it. He murdered all of my friends and my family. You don't like, like Wolverine is like, this guy is bad the worst. News. He should have been like, listen, guys, you know, I'm a pretty bad guy in the sense of like, I'm violent. I'm telling you, this guy's worse. Trust right? me yeah. for once. Yeah, right. So they have him captive, and uh, and so next thing they know, there's another alert. Magneto is attacking a nuclear missile, sure, uh, launch yeah. pad place, um, and he uses his magnet powers, and he's gonna have these these missiles fire into the city or back onto the base. I'm not really sure which one, but also X Men Apocalypse. Yes, exactly. But basically, he's going to, and this is this is the. Enter Magneto is incredibly loosely based on, um, I think X Men One or or one of the first X Men stories because this is what happens when Magneto, you know, when they meet Magneto, he tries to launch all these missiles and whatnot. Um, and so he tries to launch these missiles. The X Men are fighting him. He's like, "Wait, you guys didn't come here to join me? You fucking idiots!" And so he puts him in a magnet bubble. Uh, drops yeah. them. Okay, can we talk about that for a second, Let's please? Talk about Magnet Bubble. Um, I kept expecting him just from my own memory of like watching other media. He was gonna like chuck Wolverine into into Storm and Cyclops. No, 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 that's ridiculous. He makes a magnetism bubble, which for some reason drains all three of them. Yeah, he lifts them up. <laughs> I would say, I don't know, fifteen feet off the ground, maybe sure. if that. Not very high. No, <laughs> and then he drops them, and the Wolver and Wolverine, who has healing power and and metal bones, <laughs> and then Cyclops and Storm get knocked Storm who out. Can fly. A woman who can fly gets <laughs> knocked the fuck out, and they are knocked the fuck out from a drop that is honestly not that high. Like they would be hurt, but I'm not sure they would be knocked the fuck out. Especially they bruise with- a knee. <laughs> yeah. And like Storm could literally like as she's falling, control the wind to gently bring them back down. Anyway, like like today, Cyclops would shoot the ground so he could balance off and 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 springboard off the wall and then shoot Magneto and straight in the face or something. I know, fucking insanity. So Magneto uh, releases the bombs, knocks them out, thinks he's won. He takes off. Uh, the X Men wake up. Storm is like, I'm the only one who can stop these. Wait, wait, you, you can't skip the part where Cyclops was going to shoot the missile in front oh, of right. them. And that's Storm's right. just like, you can't do that. You'll blow us all up. Yeah, please don't do that. <laughs> um, So she's like, I'll do this. And basically, she's going to sacrifice herself when Xavier telepathically says, please don't do that. I uh, Here's another way. Can, kids, can you all stop trying to blow yourselves up? I know. <laughs> I legally acquired knowledge through cerebro yeah so he he shows her the proper way to disarm them which is uh just hitting them with lightning apparently in the right Uh, spot yeah yeah so she short short circuits them and they fall into the ocean and we're all saved and that's pretty much the end they they go back to the mansion 
they they're like, man, Magneto's a really bad, bad guy. And they're like, yep, he is. Freeze frame. And then that's it. So, like, I do have a few comments. Um, One thing I've always wondered and just kind of, like, relit the confusion in my brain. What exactly is Sabretooth wearing? Or is that just purely him running around naked? I'm with, uh, yeah, I, I've always wondered that too. And I think there was a, a, an issue somewhere along the line that it, that is a, that is an outfit. That is an outfit. It's a choice. Okay. It, I remember, it's, a, it's a fucking choice for sure. <laughs> I do remember when the first movie came out, like in 2000, and you see Sabretooth for the first time. I'm like, no, I get this change. I get it. Yeah. Because I always have thought like he's just naked, but they didn't have his dick hanging out. Yeah, so right? like, like he's just running around like a feral animal naked. Yeah. But then where like, yeah. would like yeah. He's not giant Gonzalez. You can't just put him in a bodysuit. <laughs> I'm going I'm trying to find more obscure references. So I, I went yeah, to early nineties WWF. Gotta stick with it. <laughs> but yeah, that's yeah, my main yeah. I mean concern coming out of it. But other than that, like it is just a nice like a one shot issue. Here's the bad guy. Here's his beliefs. Here's why he's a badass and a big threat to the X-Men. Dude, they they pack in so much story into like 20 fucking minutes. A lot. (laughs) It's insane how much they fucking pack in there. Well, the same goes for a lot of the IMA shows in the 90s. I mean, when you go back and look at Spider-Man or Batman, like you get so much of one character in one episode like there's so much stuff i know about spider-man villains that i didn't realize purely came from one two-parter about that character on on spider-man animated series right yeah like oh shit that's where i got that idea from that was even correct they changed it from the comic i didn't even notice that yeah it's kind of like how blade before the movies came out was totally different Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like before the nineties, he was literally a British man in like bright clothes and an afro. And then like nineties come around, it's like, oh, we gotta change this. He could be Let's cooler. Cool. Let's make him cool, pretty cool. Anyway. Yeah, so uh enter Magneto, three X's, I guess. I give it three three copies of Animal Farm. Three three ill-defined magnet powers. <laughs> three magnetism bubbles. <laughs> three magnet bubbles. <laughs> For whatever reason. For whatever reason. Anyway, guys, next time you hear our lovely voices, we'll be talking about X-Men Annual Number 1. Let's see what else we got. What else we got? <laughs> Immortal X-Men Number 9. Correct. X-Men Red Number 9. And another episode of X-Men The Animated Series. And That's also, correct. if you guys like us talking about X-Men The Animated Series, hey, prove it. Give us a like. Give us a subscribe talk to us on social media speaking of which where can they find you josh uh i'm on twitter every now and then <laughs> you can find me <laughs> less and less every day less and less every day you can find me at x and it's librarian with an x so clever thank you you can find me at madman 3005 arguing about pro wrestling and mainly star trek also sometimes that's nice yeah, yeah. all right that's about it that's about it <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to us, guys, and we will see you next time.